long ago, there was a fantasy football talk show with three hosts like no other before. But when football ended, the world went dark and they vanished. One day, after several months in hiding from the media, they miraculously returned. And this time with a fourth host. And this time, they were live on Facebook. And this time, they had a YouTube channel. And last night, the host found a dope song in the public domain and made this dope intro to truly signify to the world the return to revival, the awakening of guys being dudes, fantasy football. Love Very it. nice, Noah. Well done, well done. Thank you. Well. Being dudes fantasy football. This is your host, uh, Obsfeld. And as always, with me are my two very loyal and very tall co hosts, Michael Smith and Jared Williams. And big news upon the block NFL is a buzz about the fourth new co host. You know, we were, you can tell this is a couple of faces for radio. And with, you know, times changing, we need some Zoom talent on the team. So we brought in all the way coming in from Seattle, even though he was born and bred uh, Las Vegas, Oakland. I don't know. Those guys are all <laughs> fake fans. But how are you doing, Kieran? How are we doing today? I'm so stoked to be here. Thank you guys for having me on. Uh, I got the Craigslist invite off my uh, face profile and knew I had to take the opportunity to hop on the show. Did about 20 minutes of research prep and hope to help you guys out this season. <laughs> <laughs> we really appreciate that, man. Yeah, you came fully prepared, all taped up. Randy Moss jersey in action. Got the mm-hmm. Raiders banner behind you. I had not to a do fan it. of that. I had to do it. Not a fan of that A's banner, but I'll let it slide. How well, it's you, good to have you, you back doing? here. Yeah, how you Thank doing? You. I'm I'm good. I'm oh, ready man. to make another bold prediction. Change fantasy seasons for good. I did it last year. I'm gonna do it again. Yeah. What was that last year? A little guy named uh, was it Lamar Jackson? Something like that. Oh Ended up God. doing so pretty good. We always have uh, – we start off the season with bold predictions, and Kieran came on for week one last year, throws up Lamar Jackson. We all called him crazy. We tarred and feathered him, and he went down the road really sad. But, you know, how, the only He's way to now. apologize is to have him back on the show, this time in a more permanent fashion. Um, mm-hmm. whew, I mean, after that intro, it's tough to mm-hmm. change pace, but it's time to talk some fantasy football. I mean – how about it? We're not, we're not changing pace. We're keeping it up. We're keeping it up. And, and just to, I mean, this is not the normal guys being dudes uh, setting. It's a little different. Usually you don't have to look at our faces. Now you do. 
And usually <laughs> uh, we are, you know, we were on a huge record label, KBRX Radio out of UT Austin. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we gone. We out of there. No label, no funding, no leashes. We're on our own. Yeah. Out in the world by ourselves. We're blazing, blazing our own trail. Right. That might scare some, but guys being dudes, we, we, bla yeah, it, so we blaze our it's, own trail. It's no holds barred. We can do whatever we want on air. But what I want to do most of all is talk about Thursday night football. We had the reigning Super Bowl champions, the Kansas City Chiefs, going up against the Houston Texans. And while it was not the most entertaining game to watch, it led to a lot of fantasy answers we've been having. So let's just kick it off with the Brandon Cooks versus Will Fuller debate. Who do you guys see? ROS. Who do you want? Are you looking to trade them? What do you want to do here? I mean, I Personally, kick it off new to the, sh new to the show, and I've been having these debates with plenty of people throughout the offseason with Brandon Cook's history of being a 1,000-yard receiver on so many different teams, but I was team Will Fuller all the way. Uh, the camaraderie he has with Deshaun Watson is something that I don't think can be overlooked, especially in a short offseason. And I look more for those boom type of players in uh, late rounds and drafts. I guess he's been creeping up a little bit in ADP. But uh, I'm on Will Fuller's team. I want to ride with that. Even with the performance last night, he led in targets. So I'm excited about his prospects. What do you mean even with the performance last yeah. night? <laughs> I don't I, think it was – I think a lot of people were thinking for a huge boom performance and that it wasn't necessarily the big blowout. That's fair. I mean, personally, mm -hmm. before last night, I was team Cooks. I mean, just, you know, Fuller is this guy who comes out, doesn't really offer you a, a fantasy season. He offers you, you know, a, a week or two of really great production, but just not good for winning your league. Um, Cooks, like you said, thousand yards. He's been able to succeed um, on new teams immediately. He's injured right now. He went to uh, two receptions, 20 yards on five targets. I think that jumps up. I think these guys are going to even out a little bit. I definitely like more would rather moved over to team Fuller after watching last night. Mm -hmm. But in terms of value, I still think, uh, I mean, Cooks, if you want to trade for him, I don't think that's crazy at all. No, I mean, but you can't discount the fact that Cooks has never had a full off season with Watson. So it's going to take him a few weeks to get going. So, I mean, he could certainly be a buy low target. I mean, his, his value is as low as it's going to get, but I am still team Will Fuller just because they have the chemistry. And if Will Fuller, huge if, if he can stay healthy, he's going to be a significant value where you're drafting him. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, what about like Watson without Hopkins? I mean, he's had a few games without Hopkins, but I mean, he's had one of the best receivers, if not the best receiver in the NFL, there with him his whole career. And I mean, people were saying, is Deshaun Watson overrated? Blah, blah, blah. I mean, I was never into really into Deshaun Watson as a fantasy quarterback this year I mean obviously he's a crazy good talent but there's just not a lot of personnel you know there's no A-list guy maybe Brandon Cooks but I mean but I really do think the resurgence of David Johnson I mean last night he looked great he looked like I mean I want to know about prime um, David Johnson but he looked like you know the third or fourth round RB you know high-end RB2 that people drafted and people were hoping for yeah, he was definitely getting drafted that third, fourth round. And I think best case scenario is he puts up third, fourth round value. Uh, and that's barring if he gets hurt for any reason. Obviously, he looked great. He looked explosive, looked great, was catching passes, great for a PPR format. But I would personally be looking to move on from him if you can, just because of that injury risk. Seems to be getting hurt every year. Uh, what do you guys think? Keep him or sell him? 
If I, I mean, I own him in a couple of leagues. I have a couple of shares of David Johnson. And I think it's looking up for him. I'm not looking to move him at this time, especially in a totally adverse game script there. They were down the whole game. He was still getting touches. They were still featuring him and giving him a lot of check downs. So I think his value is pretty solid to get 20 PPR fantasy points in a game you're getting blown out by 30 points. Um, doesn't lead me to want to move on from him. I think another big week, and then we could be talking as people considering him an RB1, and then you have maybe some trade trade bait there. But I think after a solid week one against a very good defense and an adverse game script, I'm I'm all in on David Johnson right now. Yeah, I'm not jumping the gun either there. I, I, I might say keep him. Let's see a little more. You know, what's going to be interesting is playing, you know, a normal team, you know, play the Chiefs. It's a bad – it's a really bad sample size. They're so, they're, they're so much better than most teams in the NFL. But when – you know, we have a better game script. There's more running to be had. And that passing game gets a little better. And, and, and Watson, you know, op- can open up the field a little bit. I think he could be even better. Uh, I'm, with, I, I'm with Jared on this one. In fact, I think with David Johnson, it's always too late to move on with him when he gets hurt. So I think you need to be on the front end of that curve. And I just don't see him staying healthy for 16 games. And if you can trade him for a wide receiver that has a bad week one, that was drafted in a round earlier than him and get a manager that's freaking out about one of their stars not playing well, I would certainly pull the trigger. Do you guys think uh, Aikens, this tight end who had, I mean, two receptions, but I don't know if there's two better catches on the deck. I mean, the first one, he slooped underneath uh, a tackle. The second one, touchdown right at the middle. Two receptions for like, I think it was like 30 yards and touchdown. Is that all hype or is there some fantasy value there? I feel like it's the same as with Darren Fells last year where it's a guy you could plug in. I wouldn't be running to use my waiver claim on him this week, especially, you know, nobody, especially with how deep tight end is this year. Mm-hmm. Definitely wouldn't be going out, running the gun. But, uh, you know, it was, it was encouraging, especially seeing his 81% timeshare on snaps this, this game. But, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that Watson's going to be feeding the ball to. Don't yeah. really see him as a guy to be adding. Yeah, I, I agree completely. There's so many, so many young upstart tight ends that have the potential to break out, which you drafted and used your pick on and took your shot on. I don't think you're going to jump ship after two catches from <laughs> from a tight hey, end. So. He's still going to be like 35% owned next week. <laughs> uh, I don't doubt the it. other side of the ball. I mean, who else to talk about? But uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Um, oh, my God. 25 carries, 138 yards and a touchdown. A debut can't get that much better. And, like, you want to say to yourself, well, this game script was really in his favor, you know, and – and but, I mean, who you know, what – Texans are a good team or a decent team at least. That should be pretty much the script the whole season. I'm just worried because, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. And, I mean, they're going to save him. They have a 10-year deal with, deal with him, so they want to – keep him fresh, but I don't think you're going to get 25 carries on a regular basis. I could see him a 300-plus touch season, and I could see him smashing his draft draft position, honestly, and that's absurd for someone who shot up to potentially RB6, 7 behind those top guys. I could see him finishing as a top five back. I, I disagree in that I think the touches will be there because they're going to be ahead in games. And he's going to be fed the ball. And imagine what he does when he catches the ball. All the hype has been about what he can do as a receiver, and he had no catches on targets last night. So when they're in a close game, they're not having to just pound the ball on the ground. He's going to provide PPR value, too. 
Yeah, that's where that's where I lay on it. Is he's been so hyped as a receiver, and he had 25 touches, no catches on but two targets, and he had six uh, goal line opportunities, which he didn't convert even one of them. So if he converts that one, maybe mm-hmm. even two of those, he's having a monster day, and there's no question about you know the touches. So I don't know. I, I buy like in the 100% strategy. Off of that. I like the strategy of you know preserving Mahomes if you don't need him, but I mean mm-hmm. even for a rookie, I mean. I don't know if that's sustainable health-wise. Yeah. I think the fact that with about, with like two, two, two or so minutes left in the game and they had a, what, 11-point lead, they were still running him the ball. They At the goal line, they were leaving him in for every touch. They weren't putting Daryl in. That shows confidence in him. I mean, 25 mm-hmm. carries on your opening game in the NFL. So let me ask you guys a fun question. So rest of the season, you want Clyde Edwards-Hilaire or do you want – Dalvin Cook, half PPR. Well, drafted Clyde above Dalvin, so I'm sticking with Clyde. Good answer. Take Clyde as well. I mean, Dalvin, if we're, if we're concerned about other people and their injury risk, Dalvin's up there, number one, number two on the list. And I think Clyde, yeah. they've talked him up all offseason. They showed he's a workhorse, so I'm, I'm staying with Clyde, I think, there. But it's tight. I agree. Sure. I agree. I'm going to stick with Cook uh, as Ooh. the – tried and true i mean it's a it's it's a flashy young guy but how about sammy watkins out here week one master i mean he didn't he didn't do 19 week one yeah i mean seven for nine for 82 and a touchdown trade him trade him I mean, trade him <laughs> I mean, if yeah. you own him i don't think he's i don't think he's even owned in most leagues yeah uh but if you're gonna pick one one of that uh second chiefs uh receiver after tyree kill uh i'm personally gonna go with miko hardman despite a really bad game I think that second year, uh, I wouldn't say breakout, but a second year stability uh, could be uh, there for him. Yeah, between DeMarcus, Nicole, and Sammy Watkins, I'm definitely going Nicole on this one. I think he's the best player of the three, and you know how the Chiefs love using their speed, so yeah, I'm going Nicole. Yeah, I'd take Sammy. I think uh, he's going to get targets. He's always gotten targets. I don't know if I'll ever have the guts to play him, but I think he might be. He did have that great point, so. playoff run, Super Bowl run. It's been five or six games in a row, actually, where he's produced really well. It's mm-hmm. just the other ones weren't in fantasy. They were in the playoffs. He was their leading receiver throughout the playoff run. So, yeah. I'm with Kieran. I'm going to take, take the absolute the, – the target share that you know he's going to get over Meikle, maybe getting three catches for 100 yards in the touchdown. Like, that's great to get, but did you start him that week? He's probably on your bench, and then you start him the next week when he probably has a game like he did last night. See, you just start him the two games he plays the Raiders. That's a guaranteed 150 yards. <laughs> uh, and you know you're good to go. Leave him on the bench for the rest of the year. I really – it's weird. Hopefully. I really don't think the Chiefs – like, the Chiefs just got better. I, they don't have to be yeah. creative. They don't really have to, like, try. It's wild. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe Sammy Watkins is just like, oh, yeah, that guy's pretty good. I can give him nine targets a game, and he, he's going to be able to go up and grab him. Uh Let's get into some fantasy football news. I mean, today and yesterday, it seems just like all your second-round picks are getting injured. And it's Not like, stop. I know. I mean, we had Cortland Sutton, Mike Evans, and then Kenny G. I mean, Miles love Sanders. To see, yeah, these are all, like, really high-end fantasy players just going down. So, hopefully you're cool with that. But um, yeah. any of these Let's- injuries scare you for a longer term? As of right now, none of them really do, especially not Mike Evans or Miles Sanders. Obviously, we've got to wait on the MRI for Cortland Sutton. Don't know what that situation is, but 
I mean, with Mike, it, he was catching balls at practice today, but he's, he's well, doubtful Sutton, for this weekend. Sutton, Sutton's an AC joint sprain. So they said AC it wasn't joint. serious. But, I mean, obviously any injury can be recurring, Yeah. So You don't want to go into the season with him. Yeah. Out of those, I'm, I'm worried most about Mike Evans just because he's had an, a history of a hamstring injury. He missed the last Absolutely. year last year and you're already that's already a stacked receiving core I'm not sure if you're comfortable as a Mike Evans owner right now knowing that he has a nagging hamstring 100% agree hamstring something that easily gets a re-injurable and and you could be out soft tissue stuff you can just two or three weeks here two or three weeks there and that's not a game I want to play David Montgomery also had some questions but it looks like he's going to be back in full um I mean if you're going to play him I have I in a fourteen man league. I I had to take him as just you know the last starter on the board, but uh, I mean I'm worried about his workload. James Robinson we'll get to later, but he looks like he's going to be healthy. And Kieran, any thoughts on Miles Sanders, your boy? I know I'm I've, I'm over I'm over in I'm too much into Miles Sanders this early in the season for how much I actually believe in him, but uh, I. <laughs> I'm getting worried considering I'm in a 14-team league where not much depth there. And so I he's been questionable for a while. He's been participating limited in a limited fashion. So I think he will suit up and play, and maybe they'll just slow him into the season. But they did that last year, and he came through at the end of the year. So there's still value to be yeah. had there, and I think I'm not, I'm not scared off of him. I think that was well said. So here's a fun one. Four hours ago, Devonta Freeman tweets, blessed, crown emoji. Hashtag, be thankful. What does that mean? Oh, go snag him up right now. Go you snag him, him up. Team. Which which backfield's about to be ruined? Uh, <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> Honestly, I think it might be the Eagles. Uh, we'll you have think? to see. I mean, oh man, could, that would be could so just bad. Be feeling blessed. I mean, when yeah. I'm feeling blessed, I personally don't tweet. I'm feeling blessed, but maybe he has some other stuff going on in his life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. We can only hope. Sure. I don't want to see him in any of my teams. Yeah, he's uh, <laughs> he's pretty washed. Rough. Well, let's uh, get into some uh, uh, more uh, light fantasy stuff, some fun season-long predictions, see what you guys think for the season. Uh, let's start off with the buzziest stuff. What is your fantasy storyline of the year you cannot wait to see get played out? Yeah, I'll kick it off first – the big biggest game of the week, in my opinion, the Saints and Bucks, dying to see how Tom Brady's going to look with this Bucks offense, how the Bucks running back core is going to work out. We got Leonard Fournette, we got Ronald Jones, both should get a decent size workload in week one. Wouldn't be surprised if they both hit 10 carries. Uh, and then obviously the receivers, you got Godwin and Mike Evans, and then all these tight ends everywhere. Who's Brady going to be giving the ball to the most? Mike Evans probably is not going to play, so maybe even Scotty Miller sees some action, catches a few passes. There's just a lot going on in that offense. Mm -hmm. Wondering if Brady can, you know, can he even throw it downhill still? <laughs> or downfield still? <laughs> we'll see. Downhill. downhill. I'm excited. Okay. <laughs> okay, so, absolutely. I mean, Bucks clearly biggest, you know, gangbusters get all the let's get the whole gang over to tampa bay right so obviously that's the biggest what if what question mark of the season what i'm looking forward to see is uh in this kind of bizarro tom brady world that we're in is what about the patriots we have what is it eight or nine guys say adios i'm gonna go uh, sit this season out 
let's go you know yeah. it's not going to be this one doesn't count and then uh obviously one of the most you know strangest storylines cam newton mvp to like falling off with a bunch of injuries now on the patriots with debatably the best coach of all time uh very different play style than tom brady um and it's just how that's going to work out he's definitely been rising in adp people have been getting really hyped about cam newton uh personally i didn't draft him much I'm excited to see. I mean, he doesn't have crazy weapons. There's a lot of, like, young guys there that I'm looking forward to. Hopefully, Nikhil Harry can get some done this year. But that's what I'm most excited to see is how does Belichick use Cam Newton in his offense? 100%. You know Bill Belichick's going to be a factor, but how is he going to put those pieces together? For me, I've got to go to Ohio and check out the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, they got the prized prospect in this season's draft who potentially just came off of the best college football season ever. Absolutely. They have talent on that offense. The problem was the quarterback position over the last couple of years. They have A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, Auden Tate, John Ross, a stacked wide receiver room, and Joe Mixon. Throw in the fact that they're getting their 2018 or 2019 first-round pick back, who was an offensive tackle. So they ultimately are starting two rookie first-rounders basically in that offense. So I just want to see how that works out. How does – if A.J. Green can stay healthy, is Joe Burrow a – a QB one and see in the top 10 or so QBs. Can Joe Mixon be supported along with Real quick, Mike, who wins more games, the Patriots or the Bengals? The Patriots. Patriots. Mm-hmm. All right. Just see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can jump into mine really quick, but I touching on the Bengals, they've been a team that I've been just so ecstatic about all off season. They have just explosive weapons all over the field. It'll be interesting to see how it all comes together. If Joe Burrow's, all the, hot, the new hotness, then they really have a chance to surprise some people and just be a fun team to watch overall. Um, that was my original storyline, so I went with my backup, which is will the Jags win a single game this year? I used to be a huge – I've watched every Jags game for the last couple of years because I was the biggest Leonard Fournette fan, and uh, he was my 101 pick in our keeper league. So Ooh. I was just stoked on him. When they, when they shipped him off, and in addition to the other 17 players they've traded away – I'm just interested to see, are they going to be as bad as I think they're going to be? Or are they going to put up a fight with, with Gardner and DJ Chark? And what's going to be the value of those players? Because if there is value there, you know, they're going to be playing from behind all year. So it's going to be interesting to watch and see how that all comes together. And I feel bad for that fan base. Anybody who's, you know, really a Jags fan, I feel, feel horrible for you. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a real point right there. Uh, all right. I love those storylines. Real quick. Uh, so. We had our first look at the COVID season yesterday, an empty stadium. Uh, you know, looked a little weird, obviously, but it's going to obviously affect the season. I mean, I'm, uh, there's this COVID list. It's a little bit different than IR. So, you know, just quick fantasy tip, keep an eye on the COVID list. They could be a guy, uh, you know, who's – out for a week two weeks plus basically how it works is everyone all personnel players and personnel on teams are wearing a a device that tracks their location as soon as someone tests positive for covid anyone who came within six feet of them in the past you know medical timeline it (laughs) goes in the list so so it's just like so many questions you could have a list guys who are out you know if just like that and um, so basically, what does this mean? You're going to need depth. Uh, these guys, the rookies, 
guys that are more of like an investment early on might not be as valuable because you might need guys sooner than later. Um, last thing is check with your league and, and, and make sure you guys have it figured out what a full season is going to look like. So if the season gets canceled, let's say week 10, is 10 weeks going to be considered a full season for payouts, for a championship, eight, nine. I think that I've seen nine most places. My leagues are mostly doing nine. But, um, yeah, we're going to be talking about COVID a lot, inevitably. Yeah. So we'll get ready for that. It's unfortunate, but. All right, let's get into some fun stuff. Who are your guys for the 2020 NFL season? Uh, we've each picked four guys we will live and die by. Jared, who you got? Well, first off, I got my boy, Jared Cook, of the New Orleans Saints. I know people last year are going to say he doesn't get many targets. When he does get the catches, he goes deep. He gets all the touchdowns. But where you're drafting him currently, you're drafting him after pick 100 in most leagues. And this guy has consistently put up numbers. And he's playing in a very good offense with a very good quarterback who obviously – has a connection with him. I mean, when you look at Jared Cook's stats, after Teddy Bridgewater stopped playing and Drew Brees came back, all of his numbers go up. So love him. Love a nice PPR god, Robert Woods. All these mid-round receivers like him, Scary Terry, got to love him. And then a little bit later rounds, Preston Williams coming back from that ACL tear. All reports looking good with him. I love all those guys, except I don't know about Jared Cook this year. You'll see. It's a little, You'll see. Jared, I mean, I, Great name. Yeah, Jared obviously. Cook took me straight to the championship last year, so I have a, I have a soft spot for him in my heart. Last couple of weeks, he was just touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Mm-hmm. All right. So my – I have two – I have four, four guys, but there's two that I really am loving this year. First, Dak Prescott, QB1, smack it on the wall. Okay. Mahomes, we just saw last night. He, was, he, had, a, he had a relaxing night. I'm going to walk in the park. Hey, uh, hey, kid. Take this football, go run it. That's what he said all night. Didn't have to do much, okay? He's obviously – I still say he's the best quarterback in the league, but it's going to be a different offense. You're not going to be able to rely on it. You're not going to have to rely on him as much. Uh, and then Lamar Jackson, uh, who performed the impossible. Uh, I don't think he can do it again. He's still going to be great. But the weapons in, in Dallas – I mean, that's how my mind works. I go, oh, CeeDee Lamb. Oh, Blake Jarwin. Good players. Dak Prescott. That's that was my thought process. Those are the two uh, you think of. <laughs> Ceedee Lamb and Blake Jarwin well, are here. <laughs> those were the new guy, the newer hot toys in Dallas. Uh, also, <laughs> I got James Conner. You know, this was a one I've recently come around to. People really don't like James Conner this year. You know, he's one of those guys you draft, and no one, and no one's like, oh, what a what a pick. Uh, it's James Conner. You know, click James Conner. Cool. Move, move on. But James Conner. I mean. We saw him break out a few years ago. No one knew his name. He was, he was, a, he was an RB1 all season. Last year, injury plagued. On top of that was the end of the year when Ben Roethlisberger was out and the quarterback play was horrendous. The box was stacked. He was getting way more, you know, injured. All the running backs cycling through. People don't want to deal with that. Coming back, Roethlisberger is back. Deontay Johnson looks good. And I think it's going to open up. And James Conner, obviously, if he stays healthy, but I really like him as an RB1 this season. Next. RB1? Not, yeah. Ooh, Next, okay. Marvin Jones. This is not just because mm-hmm. Kenny G went down this year. This is a very popular, you know, seventh-round value pick. Uh, 
when he's on the field, he, he's great, like all the time. Stafford left the field last year. Uh, you know, he started to ha- started to fall off a bit. Kenny G was able to maintain production with those backups. But Marvin Jones and Stafford have been great when they're on the field together. And now with Kenny G, even more so, you know, this guy could, you know, Marvin Jones does not really have an injury history. That could be a great, uh, you know, wide receiver two uh, flex play all year. Now, here's the moment we've all been waiting for. Let's take no, it back. Let's take it back 2018 to let's sophomore year Noah. Noah said, you know who's going to break out this year? Tyler Lockett. Bam. Nailed it. Okay. Fast forward to last year. Well, you know what I mean from the, two years ago. <laughs> All right. So here's two years ago. Here's last year. So we're here now. I said, John Brown, breakout. Boom. Nailed it. Okay. Who is my... What do you mean? Sorry. <laughs> Nailed it. Who is my deep sleeper wide receiver this year? Guaranteed 100%. Anthony Miller. Anthony Miller. Uh, you know, when you think of the top, top, top tier wide receivers, you don't, I mean, Allen Robertson's great, but you don't really think of him as this top, top super elite. He was third in targets last year. Okay. Bears passing game wasn't great. They were super reliant on Allen Robinson. There's no way he can get 154 targets again. Okay. Miller, 85 targets last year. Taylor Gabriel is gone, but he only had two touchdowns. Wait a minute. Let's look at his rookie year. He had seven touchdowns. Okay. So obviously there's some regression to be had there and they're going to be trying to get Trubisky comfortable with throwing to the slot more. The offense really hasn't changed that much. I'm just, you know, and you might say, hey, Noah, what if Trubisky goes out? Well, you know who loves the slot even more than Mr. Trubisky, who doesn't really like the slot, but we'll see, is Nick Foles. <laughs> He's, I mean, Nick Foles loves the slot. Nick Foles loves the tight end, which would just only be better for Anthony Miller. And I do think Nick Foles will see the field uh, this season. Uh, in weeks 11 through 15 last year, he totaled 33 receptions for 431 yards and two touchdowns. 16 game pace, that's almost 1,400 yards, okay? Smack 1,000 yards for Taylor for, – yeah, for Anthony Miller. Smack it wow. on the wall. I'm done. Okay. Jeez. Wow. So you think Mitch is going to have 2,000-yard like, receivers this year? Uh, I guess that's – yeah. You said it. <laughs> he didn't yeah. think about it that way. He didn't think about it that I way. Do. I think that I think that's gonna happen. Yes. It's like Julio and Calvin Ridley, just Allen Robinson and same thing. Right. So I'm going to a different Steeler in Deontay Johnson. Here, he averaged the most yards of separation per target amongst wide receivers, 3.6 yards. He is an elite route runner. They had the worst quarterback situation in the NFL last year. They had the worst quarterback rating from. Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges. I mean, they started a guy named Duck or nicknamed Duck. And now they go to Big Ben Roethlisberger, who, if he is healthy for a full season, can support two quality wide receivers. And they have a great defense, and they have a quality offensive line along with James Conner. So I think Deontay Johnson can easily outproduce his wide receiver 37 label right now. My next guy, who was the best tight end the last six weeks of the year, Tyler Higbee. He averaged 10 targets, eight catches, 90 yards, and scored two touchdowns over that span. And he was the number one tight end in football. And it wasn't a good stretch just because of touchdowns. That happens a lot. It was because of production. 
Gerald Everett was hurt, but I doubt Gerald Everett becomes a significant part of this offense. And when Tyler Higbee came, had his coming out party, it was at the expense of Cooper Cup. So I think Tyler Higbee can become that safety blanket for Jared Goff. And if so, he could become in that next tier of tight end below Kelsey and Kittle with Ertz, Waller, Andrews. And, and, and I think he could really be a tight end six or seven this year. My quarterback, Josh Allen. Kyler Murray's been getting a lot of love this year. He, rightfully so. He added DeAndre Hopkins. But Josh Allen finished with the same amount of points as Kyler Murray in one last game. And he added an elite receiver in Stephon Diggs, and they drafted Zach Moss. So, and he is a very steady quarterback. I, I looked at the average. So the quarterback 15 last year was Phillip Rivers, and he averaged 16 points a game. So if you, just, if you call 16 points an average quarterback game, Josh Allen only had less than 16 twice. Kyler Murray six times. So I think when you draft Josh Allen, you're getting 20 picks after that second tier of quarterback. I think he is by far the best of that tier of Matt Ryan, Drew Brees. He's just going to be so steady for you because he runs so effectively. I think he's just, I think he's going to, it's someone that you can play every week and you're not concerned at the quarterback position. And my final one that I have always loved from his breakout in 2018 to last year to this year is Tyler Boyd. He had a down year last year, right? And he still finished his wide receiver 23. That's a wide receiver too. And he, in his breakout season, had more catches, targets, yards, touchdowns per game with A.J. Green healthy in those eight games than the six games he played without A.J. Green. So I don't think A.J. Green coming back wow. ruined Tyler Boyd's value. Plus, you throw in Joe Burrow, who, like I said, was coming off one of the best college seasons of all time. And I think – a Tyler Boyd can become Joe Burrow's Justin Jefferson from last year, who just explodes. And I think he's being drafted as wide receiver 31. I, I think he's being disrespected, just so disrespected. Tyler Boyd, I think if you can get him as your wide receiver three, that's a great draft. Interesting. We are on opposite sides of these coins on a couple of these guys. <laughs> but since you chose to call out Kyler Murray, who is my fourth my guy. I will argue that slightly. I think he is, you know, the new hotness in terms of quarterback picks to make a jump and be something spectacular, somewhat like Lamar Jackson last year. If you look at his, his log from last year, he started off the year pretty hot. He had some really good games against some really good opponents, which was something that struck people in the beginning as, you know, promise for his future production. But then towards the end of the year after his bye, he really, really faltered. And people kind of lost hope in that. But I think there are some silver linings within that, within that struggle in the second half that show some promise for this year. At, like, we imagine Kyler Murray is a very prototypical dual threat guy. Like, he's extremely athletic, and he has a very accurate arm. In the second half of the year, he picked up all of his rushing statistics. He rushed for more yards. He rushed more often. And I think that is what really raised his baseline. And that was what provides fantasy gold, is that quarterback who rushes and gives you that sort of production in addition to his arm and his weapons. You said he added DeAndre Hopkins. They're in an air raid offense. Kenyon Drake can catch the ball. Everybody there is a weapon for him to use at his disposal. So I think he really has the opportunity to be the quarterback one, uh, floor quarterback five. So I, I'm all in on Kyler Murray. I, don't, I have him in one league, almost got him from Noah in one of our leagues, but uh, I'm all in on Kyler Murray. Next, this isn't a homer pick, but I really love Josh Jacobs this year. I think I am so high on Josh Jacobs. It is ridiculous. I haven't been able to get him anywhere because I've been picking up 10 and nine in every single one of my drafts, but <laughs> I love him. If you just look at his stats from last year, 
1,200 rushing yards, almost five a carry, seven touchdowns. Just that alone is a solid running back. But then you look at why did the Raiders draft this guy? They draft this guy because he has the catching skill set. He has the third down back skill set. And Gruden didn't use that at all. Everybody they've added this offseason, they've already cut. You know, the weapons are gone. Lynn Bowden, Theo Riddick, all these guys, they're cut. They want him to catch the ball. He came out in an interview the other day saying, I want 65 catches. If you give Josh Jacobs 65 catches or anywhere close to that, which is, that's high. I even admit myself. If you give him 45, 50 catches and you give that same rushing efficiency, he's a top five running back and there's no question about it. The Raiders want to pound the ball. Gruden signed like 75 tight ends to play on the end of the line so they can rush. <laughs> you know, they, they want to run the ball. And Josh Jacobs showed immense efficiency last year. I think he has an insane ceiling and a very high floor as well. Um, next, a guy that I have in a couple of leagues is A.J. Brown. Uh, he, in my opinion, is just a freak. He's just huge. He's talented and he's fast. And he's on an offense where he is the number one. He's going to get more targets than he got last year. At the beginning of the year, he was on pace for 60 targets the first half of the year. That's just ridiculous. And he ended up finishing as a solid wide receiver, too. On the back half of the year, his last six or seven games, he finished with 21 points, six a little low, 31, 21, 15, 21. I mean, these are really good numbers, really solid numbers. And you're not having to draft them where I thought you would. Yeah. I thought you were going to have to draft him in the second round after that. But he's in the fourth, even fifth round this year. That's a steal. He's, he, was on, he had 84 targets last year. If you give him 100 targets, I know he's a deep guy, you give him 100 targets and he keeps that efficiency and his touchdown and crazy plays come down, he's going to beat his ADP. He's going to produce for you and you're going to be really happy. Lastly, on the other side of Tyler Boyd, this one might come back, come back to bite me, but I'm a big AJ Green guy. I love AJ Green. I've loved him for the last five years. The injury bug could come back to haunt me, but if you just look at his production, and this is the first time he's been fully healthy in a number of years. He's come out. He had a full practice this week. He says he's fully healthy. He's, all systems go. He's had over 1,000 yards or, over, or a pace for over 1,000 yards in every single season he's played. Last time we saw him, he played eight games, and he had 700 yards and six touchdowns. I mean, just like that, 1,400 yards, 12 touchdowns. Like, that, that is a wide receiver one. Joe Burrow, I believe most of us believe in him. You believe in Tyler Boyd. I believe in A.J. Green. That all centers around Joe Burrow being a good quarterback. He'll break every rookie – rookie record in my opinion this year and if he comes out and AJ Green is just someone who when he's on the field you got to throw him the ball he's going to do something great with it and I believe in it um I have him in a couple leagues and I think he's a great value falling into the seventh and even eighth round so I gotta ask uh, I mean we got we got to take sides me and Jared AJ Ooh. Green or Tyler Boyd for you Jared well I drafted AJ Green more than Boyd but I would have rather had Tyler Boyd just for the safety net yeah, I'm in, the, I'm in the same exact boat. I only have one share of green, no shares of Boyd, but Boyd is a much safer play. When they're on the field, like this right. week, I'd rather start A.J. Green. I mean, I, I think it's – yeah. What do you think, Mark? Yeah, I mean, I don't I think – but I, I think this matchup with him drawing Casey Hayward is most likely going to be on A.J. Green. I think Tyler Boyd is just going to work the slot. He's going to be there for Joe Burrow when he needs to be there. And that's, I think, rookie quarterbacks love a slot receiver that can just, if they're in trouble, they can look to 10 yards down the field that's there. So I yeah, think I mean, I'll avoid better this week. So let's yeah, I, I have move on two yeah, to two guys that you hate. Who are you not drafting at all? Jared, who you got? 
Yeah, I'll start off. Uh, one of the main reasons why I went running back early, especially in the first two rounds, is because of the depth at wide receiver in those middle rounds. And in those middle rounds, you have just this terrible crop of running backs. Guys like, in my opinion, that are going to be awful this year. Mark Ingram, Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, those types of players. I try to stay as far away as possible from them. Grab all those mid-round receivers. So, guys I hate, those middle-round running backs, except for David Johnson, of course. Didn't hate him going into the year, didn't <laughs> love him, but obviously after last night, can't, can't disrespect him too much. But, yeah, guys like Gurley, I think, I think Gurley's going to have a – I think he's going to be one of the biggest busts of the year. Yeah, I agree with that one. Personally, and again, I swear these were written before injury reports came out. I've been a, I've loved Mike Evans for years. I just don't think he really fits for where he's being drafted into the Buccaneers system. Uh, Tom Brady, I mean, as much as we love to glorify him, he's a, you can pass on the field, but he's a dink and dunk guy. Rob Gronkowski, James White, that's been his bread and butter. Uh, and Godwin's going to be great in the slot for him. I'm giving mean, for sure Godwin over Evans, but – I think Mike Evans dealing with hamstring injuries all last year. I don't like him. The offense is just it's crowded. And then uh, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, we were, we, we were praying that they would draft wide receivers this year. He's still Aaron Rodgers, but the offense isn't very different. Um, I do think he'll have some positive touchdown regression just because of how many touchdowns Aaron Jones, 18 last year, which is not going to happen again. But – I still see Aaron Rodgers going in like the eighth or ninth. Like he needs to be after like, you know, Stafford, mm-hmm. Josh Allen, all those guys. Yeah. I agree. I, I like those two picks. And for me, thank you. I'm going with Nick Chubb as one of my guys. And it's not because he's not good at football. He is a very good running back. He's a, probably a top five talent at running back. The problem is they have another one in Kareem Hunt who's healthy and ready and available for the full season this year. So I think, Chubb is not just – he's not going to get the workload that you want if you take him as your first running back. And when Kareem Hunt was healthy the second half of last year, Chubb was running back 19. So I just think, especially if you're in a PPR or a half PPR league, drafting Nick Chubb as your first running back would be something that I'm concerned about. And my second guy is Hunter Henry, who I have loved – who I have really liked in a couple years past, but he has a hard time staying on the field. And he's going from Phillip Rivers, who loves throwing to tight ends – to Tyrod Taylor and Justin Herbert, who we just don't know how they're going to perform in that offense. I'm just, and I, I just don't think it's worthwhile to spend a pick on him when you can, in a couple of rounds later, get Hayden Hurst or even Tyler Higby in particular drafts. So I just, I'd have a hard time drafting Hunter Henry this year. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you there. Uh, my two, firstly, is Devin Singletary. I haven't gotten him in any leagues. I haven't targeted him in any leagues. Camp reports have not been the best about him. They've said he's fumbling. They've said Zach Moss is looking amazing. So that's kind of a running back in those middle rounds I'm trying to stay away from. And as Jared said, I'm trying to stay away from most of them. But uh, Devin Singletary specifically. Um, even last year, Frank Gore ate into his touches. So I don't know if they're ready to commit to him and, and give him the goal line and, and high, you know, important touches. Next would be Gronk. Unfortunately, I love the personality. He's a Hall of Famer, but he's going – in the widest array of positions. He could be taken in the fifth by some random guy who's really into Gronk, or he could fall all the way to the end. But anywhere in between those places, I'm not drafting him. I I just – there's a hodgepodge of tight ends and wide receivers in Tampa Bay. 
in his last couple of years, there's been realistically no production. I mean, he's been a, a mediocre tight end in the last couple of years, even when he was in New England. And putting him there with Cameron Brait, O.J. Howard, you know, four or five wide receiver options, and then now Leonard Fournette, there's just too many options there. And mm-hmm. coming off a year where he didn't play and injury risks, all of that just mounts up to the point where I'm, I'm staying away. There's too many good young tight ends to, to take my chance on Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, I feel like none of us have any shares of Gronk. Is that, is that correct? That's correct. All right, let's move on to quarterbacks, though. The most important position on the field, not necessarily in fantasy, but we all love late-round QBs, so let's start with that. What is a one QB outside the top 100 picks that will land as a top 10 QB on the year? I'm back in here. Uh, my pick is Jared Goff. I, I just think he has so many weapons. They throw the ball – an insane amount of times. They're just always chucking it, even when they're up. They love to throw the ball. Jared Goff's got – I mean, we all think of Robert Woods as a borderline wide receiver one. We think of Cooper Cup as a borderline wide receiver one. We think of this backfield that has some pass catchers, and Tyler Higbee is a tight end we expect to, to perform. If all of these people are performing at those levels, Jared Goff has to be a good quarterback, and he has to make those completions and touchdowns. So the math just adds up that he's going to be a good quarterback. I think – as long, so long as the offensive line gets a tad bit better, that's the only real concern I have. There's no concern with the weapons or even his ability to throw the ball. It's just he wets his pants every time there's a linebacker coming at him. And if he, <laughs> he needs to be protected, he needs to be protected a lot. So if the, if the offensive line improves, I think he's got a shot to be, you know, a top 10 quarterback even. Yeah. I, th- I mean, he's guaranteed to throw 4,000 yards. I feel like that's like just a lot going into the year. Another guy that I like that isn't going drafted at all, he's on the waiver wire in most leagues. I don't know about Derek. this one. It's Derek Carr. Wow. He has weapons now. And he's good at football. I know he, he gets a bad rap at being bad, but he has the running game. He has the protection on the offensive line. He has weapons now. I don't see any reason why – okay, maybe not a top 10 QB, but for sure a top 15 QB. Uh, can I quote you on that? You can quote me on that. For <laughs> sure top 15. Personally, this year, I really like Daniel Jones. I have him in a few leagues as my, you know, deep second guy. I mean, almost – I mean, he has like three receivers being drafted, a tight end being drafted. Saquon had, you know, a rough year last year. Uh, I don't see – and he had really great fantasy games. He had a, a few a few all the way up to like 30 points. So, you know, he's capable of bringing it. And that defense did not get any better or much better. But uh, So, I mean, they're going to be down. They're going to be, you know, in some shootouts even. I really like Daniel Jones as – even could, you know, shoot up – as a top 10 guy is being drafted next year. Needs to fix that fumbling problem. Mm-hmm. I think if, if he can get a little bit more consistent, he had weeks where he won you that week, but if he can get a little more consistent, I love the pick. And for me, it's all, it all relies on health. But Ben Roethlisberger, if he stays fully healthy, he has a great offense and great weapons around him that if he stays healthy, he, he should be a top 10 quarterback. He really should. So uh, we have all these sophomore receivers coming out, uh, you know, and, and this is a lot of times where these guys break out even further. You have those wide receiver twos going into wide receiver one territory. The guys who have been quiet, you haven't really heard of, getting into the really fantasy relevance. I mean, just real quick, who do you guys like among the list of DK Metcalf, 
Scary Terry, A.J. Brown, Marquise Brown, uh, just as far as value, not necessarily, you know, who do you want out of those guys? For me, I love what Kieran said earlier, A.J. Brown. I mean, I, I, I didn't really love him in the beginning, but he just kept falling to me, and the value was too good. So, A.J. Yeah, I got to go with Scary Terry, Terry McLaurin. I took him in the third round of one of my drafts. And I don't wow. feel the best about it, but I also don't feel the worst about it. So take that with what you will. Uh, obviously, <laughs> I, the talent is there. He has a somewhat of a college connection with Dwayne Haskins. Got a little bit of game time with him at the end of last year. But, I mean, mm -hmm. honestly, I feel like you're just relying on the talent there. So going with 100% agree. I do. I think – these wide receivers from like wide receiver like 14 to like 22 are so bunched and a number of them can just break out and be that guy. I think it has to be Terry McLaurin. I think he's guaranteed the targets, the downfield throws. I think he's just, he's a very good wide receiver and I think he's going to be a really good fantasy receiver too. Yeah, I can't argue with anything you guys said, but I guess I'll take my shot on Hollywood. Uh, Marquise Brown, I, I think he's got the upside. He's, you can see the boom weeks he had. If he stays healthy, if he does that a little more consistently, I think he could really return. And he's probably going last other than, you know, Meikle and Deontay Johnson. So, yeah, I think about, he's got good uh, production. We have this bottom tier kind of ninth, 10th, 11th round tight end uh, tier that we want to see. Who's going to be the next Mark Andrews? Who's that sleeper tight end for y'all? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I'll start off. Uh, I mean, you could see any of these guys going in any round, and you wouldn't be surprised, really, in those late rounds on who, who out of this bunch is going first. I'm going with Chris Herndon, though. We're getting the same reports out of camp as last year of how good he looked. But obviously, with last year, him not playing much, we never got to see it. But this is the year where we see him, and this is the guy you want on your team. I'm telling you. Chris He's telling Herndon. you. Personally, I'm going to go with Mike Gesicki, uh, partially mm -hmm. because I like Michael so much and, you know, I see a guy named Mike, I should have a soft spot. But he was very productive in the end of last season. And, uh, you know, we have Ryan Fitzpatrick starting up the season at the helm. As soon as it goes over to Tua, I mean, I'm jumping ship. But uh, with Fitzpatrick, I mean, he's, he's a productive quarterback. It should be, it should be a fine, you know, low-end tight end one. There's two guys here I really like, but I think it's an obvious answer. It, it's Hayden Hurst. It's Mark Andrews' former teammate who the Falcons spent a second-round pick on because Matt Ryan made Austin Hooper that money that he just got from the Browns. Absolutely. I loves throwing to tight ends, and I think there's no other tight end there that can really take targets away from Hayden Hurst. They've already said they want him to be on the field all three downs. I think just out of these tight ends, he's, he's the one that's going to get the most volume, and I think that's king for tight ends. Yeah, I think Hurst really has the best opportunity to take that next step with, uh, you know, the role he's coming into. But the guy I like, in addition to all the other ones listed, is Noah Fant. I think he's just so athletic. You can see him take the deep ball. And those are and Noah, you know, Noah, I thought he's handsome. And, uh, you know, that's what I want in, in a late round tight end. I want somebody who can actually, you know, give me a long run, not like Jack Doyle or someone like that who's going to get four for 27 but you know no yeah. fan could have two catches but it could be a 60 yard touchdown so that's kind of upset i, I also like. really like fan this season as a breakout uh let's talk about rookie running backs which is always a really you know tough place for fantasy to predict we saw uh that first round value pay off last night for Clyde edwards hilaire 
another huge name uh, in r- rookie running backs uh, this year. We have Mac, we have Taylor, we have Dobbins, we have not Mac, I'm <laughs> sure Dobbins, Acres. Uh, let's start in, in Indianapolis. I, I really love Jonathan Taylor. I think, other than Clyde Edwards Alaire, I think he's the most talented rookie running back. And I think he's in the best situation because I don't think Marlon Mack is the type of runner that Mark Ingram is. And I don't think the Colts are as tied to him as the Ravens are. And I think Jonathan Taylor is going to get more touches than those other rookie running backs earlier. And Jonathan Taylor is running behind a great offensive line. I just think the Colts love pounding the ball. It's kind of like how he played in college at Wisconsin. I think Jonathan Taylor could have a breakout year. Yeah, he's creeping up into the third, fourth round for a reason. Uh, There was a report that came out that they said they drafted Jonathan Taylor for the sole reason of keeping Marlon Mack fresh for the fourth quarter. So we'll see how that plays out. I don't know how much I'm buying it, but I I really – it's going to be a timeshare early on. I would not be starting Jonathan Taylor week one until you see what that timeshare is going to look like. The only reason I disagree is because they're playing one of probably the worst run defense in the league in mine truly, the Jacksonville. <laughs> so I would roll, roll him out with just with confidence. Forget it because they're going to be ahead and they're going to be running the ball. Who, who's scoring more this week, Marlon Mack or Jonathan Taylor? Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack. I'm going Jonathan Taylor. I am. They didn't stick in the second round just to sit him. They literally they did not, and I, the, everything with rookie running backs is Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Darren Williams were Daryl Williams were supposed to split carries, or the reports were. It didn't happen. I just I just think I always value rookie running backs more. Mm-hmm. I just thought the was going to get the volume. How about Let's move on to the Ravens? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, J.K. Dobbins. You can go ahead. I, we, I know. I, guess we just I know. Said you, who the guys we like. I love J.K. <laughs> Dobbins this year. Uh, Mark Ingram had way too positive, uh, many touchdowns last year. He's not a good pass catcher, and he had, like, way too many passing, receiving touchdowns. J.K. Dobbins has been getting so much hype, uh, and I've tried to get him anywhere. When, when I was drafting a team, I'm like, this is a good team. I'm very proud of this team. I'm going for J.K. Dobbins for that late season value. I think he's going to come in 5-6 and just blow it up, and that's another reason mm-hmm. why I think Lamar Jackson is going to have a lot of regression. Yeah, I mean, I – I agree. I think J.K. Dobbins is electric. But at the same time, Mark Ingram is such a sure thing in terms of he is such a consistent back. He's a very talented back. And he's just falling and falling and falling. I got him in the sixth round uh, of a draft the other day. And, I mean, if I can get him as, you know, my flex and have five weeks of just stellar production. I mean, he was an RB1 last year. He's yeah. or close to it. He's somebody mm-hmm. who still maintains a lot of value. And in that offense, you know, running backs just get that boost. Even if they're having a bad game, you know, one option from Lamar and they can, they have a huge chunk play. So I like both of these guys. I think you can, you can take either one and, but I agree Dobbins has the chance to be a league winner at the end of the year. Probably the, the Rams with the most confusion. Yeah. The Rams, I mean, acres, Henderson Brown, these are all kind of like, you know, I don't, when I see acres, I don't see Jonathan Taylor. Um, he's obviously a talent, but I mean, Jared, you know, do you want to touch his backfield right now? Yeah, I mean, if you needed a running back and you're in those middle rounds, Cameron Akers is probably – him and Kareem Hunt are probably the only guys I was really looking at. And I think it's because Akers is – he has the best chance for any rookie running back to completely take over the backfield, except for Clyde, of course. Like, I feel like within a few weeks he'll be the lead back there. 
he's definitely far and away the most talented out of him, Henderson, and Brown. So, yeah, love, love yeah. Cam Akers. I do think you could start Malcolm Brown this week. I think you could toss him in. I mean, last year, week one, Malcolm Brown had like two touchdowns and 60 yards. I think if you're in a pinch in a 14 or 16 team league, you could, you, you could do worse than starting Malcolm Brown. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure it's – I mean, I think Akers is good, but I'm worried that it's going to be just like, you know, Henderson and Brown are just not good, <laughs> and that's what's going to yeah. give Akers the production. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, I would, with the production of the Rams offense, you know, you saw Gurley fall into the end zone, have these like 30 yards, two touchdown great fantasy days that just weren't actually yeah. him being productive running back. But I don't know if Akers is the talent that people are saying he is. We shall see. Yeah. We will see. Mike, what do you think about Buffalo? This one, I've been trying to stay away from the Buffalo backfield, but I really <laughs> do like Zach Moss. I think he's not as talented as these other guys we've talked about, but I think he has a good chance to have a good role from week one because the Bills love running the football. And I think they've already said that Devin Singletary could lose the job if he keeps fumbling. And we haven't even played a real game. So I think Devin Singletary, if he doesn't come out strong, they're just going to pound Zach Moss. And I think the thing that gets that gets overlooked a lot is Frank Gore had a role in this offense as the goal line back. Like he was getting 10 carries a game at the beginning of the year. I think Zach Moss could start with that workload and only improve. But I just I just I just don't feel as comfortable drafting Zach Moss as a game maker for a JK Dobbins. Stayed away from that backfield altogether. Mm-hmm. I do have a few shares of Moss in those. Le- you know, if I was drafting that team, I really liked, and I would try to hit you know Dobbins or Moss towards the end of the draft. Okay, here let's get to the my favorite part of the show. Let's hear oh. some bold predictions for the year. So before yes. we start this, and we and you know and we the townspeople start to hate us. These are Ooh. not. We don't think these are going to happen necessarily. These are some bold predictions. Oh, it's going to happen. Could happen. No, oh. they're, they're, they're going right. to happen. All right, Michael, what do you think is going to happen this year? Let's so we go. just talked about tight ends. I said I liked two of those late-round tight ends. I'm now going to talk about the second one. John New Smith, who I bet the, like, layman's fantasy football guy probably doesn't even know who he is. But no Delaney Walker in the Tennessee Titans offense anymore. Corey Davis is nowhere to be found ever, which <laughs> I say as a Corey Davis truther for the last couple of years. Someone has Ooh. to be safety blanket for Tannehill when they do throw the ball they can't just run play action throw it deep every time to A.J. Brown they have to spell Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown with someone underneath John Smith doesn't have much competition I think as tight end 15 right now I think he's just is a massive value this year smokes past that tight end 15 and finishes as a top eight tight end wow wow Mm -hmm. nice personally I already said it before Dak is Dak QB one. I don't know if that's a bold prediction. You know it is a bold prediction. Stefan Diggs, top ten wide receiver, half PPR, and Jonathan Taylor leads the league in rushing. A little cool on action. Wow, that is that Jeez. is def- both of those are definitely bold. Both of those are definitely bold. I go. Hey, it's gonna happen. Maybe a little less bold and a little more likely. Brian Edwards of the Oakland Raiders, for those who don't know, (laughs) will (laughs) third round draft pick, second second receiver taken actually by the Raiders. He will lead all rookie wide receivers in points, any format. Choose your format. He's any format. 
These are those Rugs. weapons Jared was talking about. Yeah, Rugs and Edwards are slated in as the two starting wide receivers, both rookies. He's the possession wow. guy. You know Derek Carr is not going to take as many shots as many people think. So I think he has a chance for a lot of targets. Uh, also, I'm coming around rookie running backs, and I think three rookie running backs could be in the top 15. So Ooh. you take your choice. I think three of them are going to blow up. Wow. All right, well, I, I, I'm going a little less bold. But it, <laughs> it, it is bold considering where these two players were drafted. Okay. People keep disrespecting Philip Lindsay. Thank you. They, the Broncos went out and signed Melvin Gordon's bum ass for no apparent <laughs> reason. When you have Philip Lindsay, who is carrying that running game, you don't need Melvin Gordon. Philip Lindsay's already slated to take about a 50 50 share of this backfield from what the coaches are saying. And I am predicting that Philip Lindsay outscores Melvin Gordon this year, despite him getting picked about five rounds later. Wow. Love it. Um, All right. I think that is bold. I know. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Oh, hey, guys. Who – this is guys being dudes, right? Right? Who mm-hmm. is your dude of the year? Oh, yes. We're back, baby. No, I want to hear yours first. Okay. Well, you know, in these tough, you know, trembling times – you know, that's a common phrase, <laughs> the trembling times uh, – you know – what, what we need is something to calm us down, something that's tried and true, something that, mm-hmm. you know, might not be too flashy, but some simple stability, and that's Chris Carson, okay? We're going to have all these teams out here. This guy's on you the know. COVID list, injuries, you know, you know, we didn't have the training camp, so these guys weren't ready. You know who's ready to continue to, you know, put out RB1 production? is Chris Carson and a really stable Seahawks offense. That's my – Dude of the year. Wow. Love it. I'll go next. And before I get any hate on this is a top running back. He is a top running back, but he's being drafted too low still. Too much disrespect on Joe Mixon's name. If you look at his stats from the end of last year, this man was getting 20-plus carries and just feasting. And now he's got a passing game. He's got a quarterback. He's got a little bit better offensive line. He catches three balls a game or whatever it is. Joe Mixon is going to finish as a top five fantasy running back. Wow. Probably top four. I love it. Whoa. Let's go. I love it. I love it. So I'm going a similar last year where I picked Miles Sanders as my dude of the year simply because I thought he would break out and finish the year strong, which he did. And I'm going to take another rookie running back who's getting more hype this year than Miles Sanders was last year. But we've talked about a lot already. Jonathan Taylor. I think over the last eight games of the year, I think he's a league winner. I think he just – I think he takes over that backfield and gets all of the workloads where he's getting 20 touches a game down the stretch. And I think he has a similar last four weeks of the year as Miles Sanders last year. I'm so excited to watch him play. He's so Yeah, cool. they're – so many lines, so many storylines. I just can't wait to watch. I, this Sunday is going to be ridiculous. Oh, it's so <laughs> red zone up without, on the TV. Yeah, without getting into too much detail, already <laughs> talked about him a little bit. But Kyler Murray, I came on the show last year and said Lamar. This year, Kyler Murray, number one. Wow. We're going to put it on the wall. Ooh. It's going to happen. He's going to win you your league. I'm telling you. Wow. Wow. Stole a rookie well, of the I year, just but traded him away. Whatever. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how that goes. <laughs> How about your dud of the year? Who is your dud of the year? 
I can jump in just because it honestly makes no sense now that I am uh, reading it <laughs> back to myself. So, I chose my dud before I chose my dude. And my dud of the year is Kyler Murray's number one weapon, DeAndre Hopkins. So uh, I guess it's all going to be my, with his feet, right? It's all yeah, gonna so be I rushing. think one of these will – yeah. So Kinda, that's yeah. my – that actually is my main re- – I think he is going to rush a little bit more. And I think the, the beauty of Kyler Murray is he has so many weapons. And that is exactly what's going to drag down DeAndre Hopkins. I don't think that DeAndre Hopkins isn't going to be, you know, a top 15 wide receiver, but he's being drafted as the wide receiver three or four. And that's just, yeah. it's, it's absurd to me. In the last three years, he's had 150, 165, and 175 targets. That is like so many targets compared to what the Cardinals have seen for any of the receivers. Last, two, last year, it was like 102 and 107 for their top two receivers. It's just hard for me to believe he's going to get 60 more targets than the, the, the receiver they had last year. They still have those guys, and they have a running back who mm-hmm. catch the ball. So I just think, I, yeah. I can't see the ceiling there for him. Um, in terms of targets that he's used to. He's an immense talent. He's going to help him on the field. But I don't know if he can return wide receiver 380 Yeah, I mean, I'd rather have guys like Chris Godwin over him any day of the week. Okay, my guy, OBJ. I know Odell doesn't have the same type of hype as he did last year. I mean, going into last year, he was being drafted as an early second-round pick. This year, he's being drafted as a third-round pick. We're not going to talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh gosh okay. yeah second round pick uh but yeah i feel like obj is gonna put up six seventh round number he's he should be being drafted where jarvis landry's getting drafted not where you're getting guys like chris godwin where you're getting oh, okay. guys like chris carson mm-hmm. it should be nowhere near that so not a very good number two receiver is what i'm picking exactly up. so for me i've already highlighted it i won't beat the dead horse nick chubb and it's simply because Kareem Hunt's there. I do not feel comfortable taking Chubb as a top 12 running back, and that's where he's going. I just – I don't think he finishes as a top 12 running back. My dad, and apologize in advance, Kieran, it's Miles – and Michael. It's Miles Sanders. Um, I the, – <laughs> there they go. <laughs> Guys, the Eagles cannot I – mean, shout out – oh, shout out Eagles. The Eagles cannot stay healthy. Uh in the receiving game, I think Miles Sanders is a great player. He's a very talented running back. But if that team, you know, can't stay healthy, then I don't think he's going to have much opportunity. Miles Sanders, you know, finishes. You know, we have guys who are drafted in the, in the first round. I think he'll finish as, you know, somewhere that you would have wanted to draft in the end of the second, third round. He'll have production, but um, I don't think he's going to have that, that top, top tier. Uh, let's do some rapid fire. Who you got winning the Super Bowl for me, Chiefs? Saints. Ravens. Chiefs. How about who is your MVP candidate? I got Dak. I have Lamar again. Repeating. I got Mahomes. Let's just do four different. Russell Wilson. (laughs) Offensive rookie of the year, J.K. Dobbins for me. Oh, Joe Burrow. It's QB, no, no doubt. You know, well, Joe I Burrow think it's going to be Jonathan Taylor. I just did J.K. Dobbins to be, to be to, to sports <laughs> I, show there, okay? I think so. Joe Burrow has the best chance to win. Obviously, yeah. this isn't including Clyde Edwards-Alaire, but I, I'm just going to go Jonathan Taylor just to just yeah, look, look at Kyler yeah. Murray last year. Yeah. He stole yeah. an offensive rookie of the year. He wasn't even the best rookie quarterback last year. It's insane. Okay. He wasn't. Right. He, look Real at the quick. stats. Look it up. 
for the dude of the week. Who is your dude this week? Mine, I'm going to go another week one star, TJ Hawkinson. Yes. <laughs> Kenny G is gone. He's going to have those, what was it, like eight for 130 and one. I'm yeah. going to see it happen tomorrow. Oh, boy. All right, I'm going to Sean Jackson. Week one last year against Washington football team, he, he put up 100 and some yards and two touchdowns, and then he was just gone for the rest of the year. No one else in the in Philadelphia except for the tight end. So, you know, let's go D-Jacks week one. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Marlon Mack uh, for the reasons we listed. Mm-hmm. They're playing the Jags. I think the coaches, a lot of times in the beginning of the year, pound the vet, you know, make him feel good about all the offseason hype. So I think he's going to get a ton of carries. They're going to be winning. Garbo time. He's going to be, he's going to do well for you. Running back on the other side in that same game, Chris Thompson, who's always a PPR darling the first few weeks of the year. It's week one. Put Chris Thompson in if you're in a PPR league. Put him in your flex. You won't regret it. You say darling? PPR yeah, he's darling? He's darling, PPR. yeah. Darling. But- Darling. Bit of a about, homer pick right there. How about your dud of the week? Yeah, I'm going A.J. Brown, week one, playing Denver. I know Chris Harris isn't there, but I am not a big A.J. Brown fan, and that is solely because of the amount of times the Titans pass the ball. If you look at A.J. Brown's efficiency last year, it is borderline unreplicable by any wide receiver of any talent because it's just insane based on – how little they pass the ball, and Ryan Tannehill as a quarterback. You just can't have it. So I'm going A.J. Brown week one in Denver. I'm going to go uh, Todd Gurley. We really haven't seen a very productive Falcons running back um, for a while. You know, it's the first real game for him. He really wasn't a good rusher last year besides when he was on the goal line. Uh, I think that's my dud of the week. This guy's been mentioned a lot. Miles Sanders. Washington has a very good front seven. I just – he's already nursing an injury. I just – they, they want to just bring him in slowly. I think it has the recipe for a down week one, although I am very high on him for the entire season. Ron's not. If any of these things – yeah. If any of these yeah. things come true, my, my, my teams are not looking good this week. <laughs> but, uh, uh, my dud play of the week is also on my team, uh, Lev Bell. I think – you know, what's been coming out with reports, you know, there's not much to say. People are down on him right now. He's playing against the Bills. We'll see what Adam Gase decides to screw up this time. So, we'll see. I, I'm not high on him this week. So, in the past, we've had a very popular, very historic uh, league where we select different lineups. We've decided to be a little more consumer-friendly this year, help you all win some cash in your DFS apps. So, we have all made a uh, classic Sunday 12-game uh DraftKings lineup, and just give me one second. They don't give these out to anybody. They um, they give them out not to sponsored. People. Not sponsored. Well, at, at the time, <laughs> I, they were giving out that to anybody. But I got on my lineup this week, Mitch Trubisky, Josh Jacobs, Boston Scott, Marvin Jones, Terry McLaurin, DJ Moore, Kittle, Teapot Kittle, Sean <laughs> Jackson, and the Colts. And my value play of the week here is Boston Scott. I think they're going to be um, just digging and dunking, trying to save Miles Sanders. And my uh, premium play of the week is Kittle. Sorry, Karan. I don't think uh, Isaiah Simmons is going to fix that tight end problem immediately. <laughs> Kittle's going to have a great week this week. No Debo Samuels either. 
Yeah, I like that Boston Scott pick a lot. Oh, thanks, Kieran. <laughs> All right, for me, I got Carson Wentz at quarterback, Jonathan Taylor, and Tariq Cohen at running backs, Chris Godwin, Allen Robinson, and Terry McLaurin as my receivers, Hayden Hurst at tight end, love Hayden Hurst, James White at flex, and the Eagles defense against Washington football team as my defense. I like you're going to see a lot of similarities in these teams. <laughs> so I also have Mitch Trubisky, same as Noah. Got Tariq Cohen as my RB, Joe Mixon as my other RB, Allen Robinson, Deshaun Jackson, Mark Andrews, Terry McLaurin, Austin Eckler, and the Colts. And I'll finish it out with my team, which is Matt Ryan at quarterback, Josh Jacobs and Marlon Mack in the backfield, Julio Jones, DJ Moore, Deshaun Jackson, Mark Andrews as well, and the Lions defense going up against Mitch. Love it. That's, that'll be fun to look at. That is bold. Ooh. That's bold to take the, the Lions defense. And yeah, they were, the, they were the cheapest option. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. And with that, that concludes week one of season three of Guys Being Dudes Fantasy Football. Wow, we got through it. Only 13 minutes over time. You know, hey, we're not uh, on a time limit this time. I know. I don't even know. There are why. No, restrictions. no restrictions. No restrictions. Daily hey, episodes. Hey, <laughs> hey watch this. Uh, fuck. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> shout out Karan. Shout out Brandon. Shout out Sex at Ten. Amir. Mom. Anyone you guys want to shout out for tuning in? Oh, I'm, honestly, I don't know if you've tuning in. I thought you've just been mispronouncing my name every time you say Quran. I was like, dude, we've known <laughs> each other for 10 years. <laughs> oh, I would never care. Oh, All right, guys. That's <laughs> it, guys, being dudes, week one. Thank you so much for. And I guess uh, we out. Good luck this week, oh. people. Good luck, NFL. See you guys. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. Football!